We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's September 27th. It's 2023. We have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. It was supposed to be a nine-game slate, but they have taken the Miami and Mets game off the slate. So it'll be an eight-game slate here for today. And yeah, Mets and I don't even like want to tilt it again. I'm I'm already past tilting it but uh yeah that was uh nonsense we'll just call it nonsense on tuesday night from that game but uh joined today by tj tj eight games how are you doing my friend doing pretty well had a busy weekend i was out of town at a at an expo and i hosted my very first panel for nolan north the guy who voices nathan drake and uncharted and a whole bunch of other stuff uh, he's in The Last of Us, he's in Assassin's Creed, he's in Destiny, all kinds of things. Um, and had a real fun weekend doing that, lots of lots of interviews. Um, you're, are you a Walking Dead guy? Why do I feel like you're a Walking Dead guy? No, no. Maybe it's Dean. I feel like Dean might be a Walking Dead guy. That wouldn't uh, shock me. 
but uh, interviewed one of the guys from there, and then uh, as well as the original Pink Power Ranger, Amy Jo Johnson. So I had a, had a fun time that, and now ready to get back into uh, the sports grind. I managed to basically break even on NFL Sundays uh, while I was busy, only threw in one team. So ready to uh, keep it going with MLB and then run it back with NFL this weekend. Yeah, uh, baseball grind. Have a really good team going right now. Um, I don't want to jinx it, but Bobby Miller um, is catalyst in that team, and he's pitching really well um, at at 3% ownership. So let's hope he can keep it rolling. Because my other two teams um, were very involved in the Mets game. So um, one of them had an Alonzo one-off on like a Chicago Cubs stack, and the other one had Garrett – Berger and Soler on a Dodgers stack. Um, so I I am not not happy. I'm just hoping that the one team that I have going, it's an Arizona stack with Miller and a couple of um, one-offs pans out to like break close to break even. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's talk some baseball here. Is that eight games? I mean, it's that time of the year where we're grinding some baseball at this point, so we got New York at Toronto, the Yankees and the Blue Jays, seven and a half total in this game. Close to a pick em here. Cole and Barrios facing off against each other. Let's start with Garrett Cole. He's 12K on this slate. Uh, we do have cores on this slate with a very below average pitcher pitching for the Rockies and a bullpen that had a doubleheader the day before. Um, so, I mean, do we pay up for Garrett Cole on this slate? It's tough because the I really don't like many of the cheap options today. And Garrett Cole has just been lights out trying to vie for that Cy Young. He's really only had one poor game uh, in the last, like, two weeks, really, week and a half. So, um, or sorry, like month is what I meant to say. I was looking at the wrong date there. And so um, really expensive. You got to pay for him. But. I don't know, unless you convince me otherwise, as we go through this and things open up, I'm going to have a tough time uh, saving salary at pitching today. And I think I might have to prioritize some expensive ones. There's really only one person I see below 8K that I'm at all excited about. Yeah, pitching stuff on this slate. We got a lot of back-end, um, back-end starters. And yeah, pitching is going to be tough. I think that prioritizing pitching is not a, a bad way to you know, potentially approach the slate. And I mean, Garrett Cole against Toronto, tougher matchup. The Blue Jays are a very good team, um, especially on paper. But I mean, this is a team that's very right-handed heavy. Same thing we talked about with Michael King on yesterday's podcast. King had a great game. You know, Garrett Cole is elite against right-handed hitters. Um, So, I mean, as, as far as like just pure on projections, he should project as one of the, highest scoring um, pitchers on this slate. What are the, like, really quick before we talk about Barrios on the other side of this game, everyone needs to check on Keith after what just happened in that Cubs game. Um, I still, my mind is blown on what just happened there. So we all need to check on Keith. We all know he's a big Cubs fan. That one's going to be tough to swallow as a Cubs fan. Uh, let's talk Barrios on the other side of this game. We've seen some upside here from Barrios recently. I mean, he's a favorite here against the Yankees. Uh, he has upside. This lineup, I mean, the bottom half of this lineup that they're rolling out right now is just bad. Um, it's a really bad bottom half. Like, you got to get around 
Judge, Torres, LeMahieu, but once you get around those guys, I mean, there's just no stopping um, the strikeouts and soft contact at the bottom half of this lineup. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, I like Barrios quite a bit. 8,600 is very reasonable for him. Um, like, there, he's, he's, like, he's arguably, from a point-per-dollar standpoint, I think my favorite pitcher on this slate. Maybe a couple guys ahead of him, but I really like Barrios in this spot considering how tough it is to find a pitcher. Like, it's going to be tough, I think, to find too many pitchers over 15 points on this slate. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that Barrios has that opportunity to score 25 plus in this matchup. So, um, love his price at 8,600. Like I said, he's, he's honestly, he's been pitching really good here recently. Struggled against the Yankees last time out in Yankee Stadium, but gets them back at home here and uh, hopefully keep it rocking. Let's talk bats. What do you like for the Yankees bats today? You can always play Aaron Judge. Um, Austin Wells is cheap and good, like only 3K still. Uh, lefty bat going up against Barrios is what you want. If you're taking anything, he just hit a walk-off uh, to win the game uh, on Tuesday night. Um, so that would be basically him or nothing for me. All right, um, the Toronto side against Cole, I mean, you could chase home runs here if you wanted to. I think that this is a spot I'll probably stay away from the Toronto bats. Yeah, I'm with you. Just just no need to chance it on this slate. All right, moving on. Cubbies at Braves. Oh, gosh, I still can't get over that play. Um, this game is currently no total. Um from what I saw, yeah, still no total. Like, we know Tyon's pitching for the Cubs. It sounds like Darius Vines is going to pitch here for the Braves. Um, I could be wrong. I have to check, but I'm pretty sure the Braves have – or they haven't. They haven't. They need, I think, one more win to clinch, um, clinch the best overall record in the NL. So – um, I think unless the Dodgers lose, but anyway, um, let's talk tie on here. Any interest in tie on at 6,600? Absolutely not. No. So I will say for tie on here, if we did get a Braves clinched lineup, it's going to happen at some point this week. Um, just kind of watch that. Cause like it could be a one of the, one day this week, the Braves lineup is going to look really bad. It's going to have, you know, no Acuna, no Riley, no Albies, no Olsen. So, I mean, that's going to happen one day this week. So just wait for that to happen. Take advantage of it. If it's a normal Braves lineup, I mean, no chance I'm playing Tyon. The other side of this game, Darius Vines. We haven't seen too much of Vines. Um, you know, he pitched a little bit here recently and only threw 61 pitches. Um, I mean, he is going to kind of need to be stretched out a little bit here, you know, with Max Fried banged up with the blister. Any interest in Vines at 6,400? No, I don't think so. If he was a little cheaper, maybe I would take some shots. But, like, if we're looking at just an absolute maximum of 80 pitches, and even if he gets there, there's by no means a guarantee that he did anything with them. So I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, just a guy that really hasn't shown any upside. Um, so... Yeah, I think this is a great spot to go back to the well. On the Cubs' bats, um, Horner, Hap, Bellinger, 
I, I mean, definitely a mini stack. I don't know if I full stacked them, but definitely a mini stack or like a 4-4 type of stack I'm looking at today. For what it's worth, his top, his only start this season was in Coors and he went six innings, but it was only 82 pitches and there's, we don't know that he has the ability of going that deep right now. We don't know that he's that stretched out yet. Yeah, I mean, tough loss for the Cubs on Tuesday night. Like, they're still, I mean, very much playing for something. I expect the Cubs to bounce back in this spot. So I don't, like I said, I don't mind the Cubs as a, as a mini stack in this spot. Uh, Braves, if it's a normal Braves lineup, I, I mean, at one point in his career, Jamison Tyon was someone we feared, um, but that's just not the case anymore. He has really struggled with left-handed hitters. His, not, his stuff against righties is solid, but, I mean, I think they're going to be able to get enough lefties with Harris and Olsen and Albies that Tyon's going to struggle, and, you know, he's a guy that struggles with command as well. So going to pass um, on Tyon and definitely take some shots on the Braves' bats if it's a normal lineup here. Yeah, if it's a normal lineup, I think Matt Ol. I mean, Acuna is always arguably the top bat, but I think Olsen is very close to him in this spot, just getting the platoon advantage against Tyon. Um, if we end up getting a bit of a Braves wonky lineup and just a few guys are out, um, then like if we end up getting like a Michael Harris leading off or in the three hole or in the five hole or Eddie Rosario leading off, something weird like that, I think there could be a, a few really interesting plays, but. Um, anything close to a normal Bra- uh, Braves lineup, I love them. And, he, uh, and I'm assuming I'm going to be wanting to get to some Braves. And we're going to need some cheap bats to crack the lineup for Atlanta um, to make the full stack work. I hope, like, Forrest Wall cracks the lineup at 2K. He'll probably be uber chalky, but, I mean, I'll probably eat the chalk uh, if he's in there. So going to be watching the Braves lineup, hopefully get a little bit of value in this one. St. Louis at Milwaukee, taking on the Brew Crew. Eight total. Brewers, a 165 favorite. Miley and Thompson. Thompson pushed back a day here. Um, any interest in Zach Thompson? Maybe a little bit. You know, Milwaukee does have some strikeout, uh, some strikeouts there. He should go over 90 pitches. Um, I don't feel confident in it, but I actually do like taking some shots on, on Zach Thompson in the context of this slate because we don't have that many options. And I think he's got upside for that price. Yeah. Um, so Milwaukee clinched tonight. They beat the Cardinals. They clinched. Um, they're, they're clinched now. Like it's, it's, it's done uh, with the Cubs losing Milwaukee winning. They've clinched. We could see a really watered down Brewers lineup today. Um, so this is one we know they clinched. They can't move up. They're not going to catch the Dodgers. They are going to be in that spot. So um, would not shock me if we get one of those, you know, pop some wine bottles. We won the division on Tuesday night. Really, really weak <laughs> hangover AAA lineup on Wednesday. So pay attention to that because we are searching for some value at pitcher. Zach Thompson's not a great pitcher. The Milwaukee Brewers should beat him up a little bit here, but um, if we get a very watered-down lineup, I don't think it's the craziest idea to take some shots. Wade Miley on the other side of this game, and kind of the same thing. They've clinched. His pitch count has you know, been in that like 85 to like 95 range. They don't need to push him here. Um, I mean, I think Wade Miley ends up working ends up working out of the bullpen for the playoffs. Um, because they do have like Woodruff, Peralta, and Burns, but 
I think this is a spot we we don't see a ton of upside for Wade Miley. Yeah, I'm with you. I do think he could cruise through some easy innings and put up a decent score, but I don't know that the upside is there. I'm probably not going to be going to him. All right. Uh, bats, any interest in the Cardinals' bats here? Not really. Like, maybe we're seeing the worst relievers, and it's like you said, kind of that hangover day for Milwaukee today, and so maybe, but... And I do like taking lefties against them more than, or sorry, I do like targeting them against lefties more than righties, but I I don't know. I just don't feel good about St. Louis. Yeah, this is a spot I feel like you could take shots on like Goldschmidt, Walker, um, I'm blinking Yepis. Like, you know, you could get a, a little three man power stack for the Cardinals today. I don't hate that idea. Um, I'm not full stacking them. Like I said, if, I, if I'm playing them, it'd be like a secondary stack here. Uh, Brewers bats. I mean, okay. Let's talk normal lineup. If the Brewers roll out a normal lineup, do you have any interest in the Brewers bats here? I would have interest. And in, I think maybe in Contreras as a one-off or maybe in like a little bit of a mini stack, you know, get some out, get some Adamus, maybe one of the cheap out, outfielders in there, but not particularly a ton of interest here. No. Yeah. I mean, it'd be Contreras, Santana, Kana, Josh Donaldson, Adamus that I would have. Like, if we get a normal lineup, those would be the guys I'm targeting against Thompson. All right, we got Oakland at Minnesota. Estes against Lopez in this one. Eight and a half total. The Twins, a 290 favorite here. Um, Any interest here in Joey Estes? Estes? I don't... I don't really know too much about him. If I'm being honest, I'm pulling up some stuff and I'm looking at it for the first time right now. And so I do like the fact that in his very first game, he pitched 90 pitches. That to me is promising. Um, the only two, the only uh, two strikeouts and th- giving up more home runs than strikeouts. That's not so promising to me. Um, so I'm going to defer to you here, knowing nothing about this guy other than he got lit up in one game and he's cheap, but he does have a decent pitch count facing a high strikeout team. Yeah. So, I mean, he is a like slightly above average prospect. Um, he, this he's, he's basically just got called up to get some major league innings that every, everything that, you know, you read preseason on him is, he wasn't going to get called up until next year. And I mean, they're just at a point now where they're just giving the guys some innings, but um, good fastball, good changeup, good slider, not great. Um, has some, you know, swinging strike abilities. His, his strikeout rate really dipped this season when he went from double A to triple A or triple A. Um, so that's always concerning. And now like you're making that one more further step um, up to the bigs here. His first start, he had pretty good swinging strike stuff against Seattle. Um, he just wasn't generating a lot of strikeouts. I don't think he's the craziest idea for a large field tournament, but I don't know if we'll necessarily need him today either. But he's not, like I said, he's not like this guy where it's like, oh, we got to play big prospect, um, big arm type of play. I haven't been playing all that heavy MLB late in season in terms of DraftKings and FanDuel. I've been doing a lot more prize picks and underdog just because I feel like there's typically a few spots that I feel pretty confident about, but I'm not 
not super looking to load up on 150 lineups like I was before with all the chaos happening. Um, so if I were running 150, he would definitely be somebody I would keep in the pool just because he's cheap and Minnesota strikes out. Um, but probably not somebody I'd be getting to in a single entry, three entry, five entry type scenario, which I probably will be playing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Um, Lopez against Oakland. You know, I I said this yesterday with Minnesota pitching down the stretch, especially a guy like um, Pablo Lopez, who they definitely want healthy for the playoffs. Like, I don't see him going more than like 95 pitches. And I, I love the spot, but if I'm going to pay up, it's going to be Cole um, over Lopez. I think Lopez is a phenomenal pitcher. I think this is a great spot. I just think his ceiling is kind of capped more by they're in the playoffs and they really don't have anything to play for over the next you know few days. Yeah, I think he's definitely in the MME pool. He probably ha- will have the second highest raw points projection on the slate behind Garrett Cole. Even in 95 pitches, he could probably still go six, seven innings clean against this Oakland team. Um, but I don't think he would crack like my top five. He would just be an MME guy for me. All right, uh, Bats, anything for Oakland here? Nah, not really. One Soto is so impressive, man. I've just I have a game on on a, on a stream coming going up here. I need one more. Tatis is coming up, and I need him to get a to get two bases in this game for some parlays to hit. But just watching Soto, he goes down 0-2. Doesn't matter to this guy. He just watches the next four pitches easily. Walks. It's it's nothing. He's got he's got such a good eye. Um, but uh, apologies, the ADHD got to me there. What was the question? <laughs> I was just saying, any interest in the Oakland bats? No, zero. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's why the eye caught me caught me watching Juan Soto's at bat because that's how little interest I have in the Oakland Bats on Wednesday night. Yeah, Lopez is a great pitcher. Um, I mean, he really is not a guy I, I like to pick on, and you can take some shots. 
in certain spots for Oakland, but I don't think this is one of them. Uh, Minnesota side, I mean, a, a slight interest in the Minnesota bats just because the matchup seems like, I mean, they're getting a young pitcher that's seen his strikeout stuff dip quite a bit. Um, I mean, maybe we take some shots here. It's like the same guys we, we talked about on the podcast yesterday, Kirloff, Kepler, Walner, and I think two of those guys hit home runs on Tuesday night. So um, just tr- just taking some power lefties in this spot is how I would approach Minnesota. I think they're great because the power lefties are all in a good spot. But additionally, like outside of Jorge Polanco, this whole team's super cheap. And Polanco's not expensive either. He's still below 5K. So like if we want to play Garrett Cole, we can probably full stack this Minnesota team in a huge ballpark downgrade for Oakland pitching. They're going into a much hitter friendlier park. And we're probably going to get a, a super cheap lineup here with like no Royce Lewis, no Byron Buxton, no Carlos Correa, no Miranda, no Gallo. That's a lot of guys out here for that team. We're, we're going to get a lot of value. And so I actually like this Minnesota stack quite a bit. They might be my favorite value stack. I think I might take a few shots on Estes, but Minnesota, I like the other side more. All right. We got Dodgers and Rockies facing off in cores, 12 total in this game. Dodgers, a 205 favorite. Shaheen against Davis. Um, any interest here in Shaheen? I mean, yeah, I think I actually do because even though this is in Coors, this is still Colorado. Um, Shaheen is nice and cheap because of the matchup. He was expected to be an opener last game and he ended up going 93 pitches. Um, he's a little bit wild at times. But this Colorado team isn't overly patient. He has the strikeout upside. I actually do think I have some interest in Shaheen here. I don't hate it. Um, the Rockies are just such a bad offense that, I mean, at this price, I'm willing to take any shot on anybody. Um, I do think, like, you worry about the pitch count. It's just, I mean, they definitely seem interested in getting him stretched back out for playoff run. So, um, maybe this is another spot we see 90 plus pitches at 6,200 and we take some shots. Uh, Davis on the other side of this game. Um, this is an easy, easy fade for me today. Yeah, absolutely not. Dodgers in cores. I'll pass. Uh, let's talk about these Dodgers bats. You know, what are your thoughts here? Um, basically for me, it's anybody that cracks the lineup that you can afford. Um, the Dodgers are the top stack on the slate for me. Like Davis stinks. Colorado Dodgers doubleheader on Tuesday, like, and the Dodgers are putting it on them on that second game of the doubleheader. Um, so just, I mean, this is a spot I want to stack against Davis as much as possible. You nailed it. They are undoubtedly the top stack on the slate. Anybody you can afford, anybody that doesn't have too crazy of ownership, try and make it work if you want to play them. And if they're super chalky, I don't even think you have to fade them. I think you just get a little bit different at pitcher. Um, they're the top shit stack on the slate and, and priority number one. Let's talk Rockies bats. Um, I think Blackman, Nolan Jones are somewhat interesting in this spot. You know, when he has struggled, it has been against left-handed hitters. So I, I mean, I don't mind the lefties and they're going to come in at decently low ownership in this spot. So, um, I could see myself using them as like one-offs or, you know, finding that third piece that makes sense, um, for a three-man Rocky stack. Yeah. Maybe I don't mind trying that out as well. It's not like Sheehan is some incredible pitcher. I don't even think the full stack is crazy. It's not like it's that expensive. They don't have a single player over 5K. 
Um, and so I, I like taking shots on Sheehan, but I, I think I would maybe get a full, a few full stacks here too. All right. Texas at LA taking on the angels, eight and a half total in this game. Rangers, a one favorites. We got Dunning and Canning facing off against each other. Not many options under 8K, but I mean, Dane Dunning seems like he could be viable in this spot just because of all the injuries and how bad the Angels lineup is on paper. Um, hate the price tag, hate the ceiling, but I mean, if you're playing a bunch of lineups today, I could definitely see throwing some shots on Dane Dunning. Dunning was the guy under 8K that I felt most confident about that I brought up earlier. I don't feel great about it. But it's just because it's the Angels, I feel the most confident in Dane Dunning out of any of the below 8K pitchers, I think. So with that, I yeah, I don't mind him. He's randomly popped some big strikeout upside at times this year. Um, he kind of disappears back into regular mode uh, more often than not. But we've seen upside happen. The Angels are one of the worst lineups in baseball. I do have some interest in Dane Dunning at 7,800, even though it doesn't feel great. Yeah, I mean, Dunning's better against righties. This is a pretty right-handed heavy team uh, most days, so I could see it working out for him. Uh, the other side of this game, Canning, 8,300. I think Canning, like overall, is a, a slightly above-average pitcher. They've really let him go here recently, pitch count-wise. I just I hate the matchup against Texas. Yeah, I'm with you. I... I, I haven't made a habit of playing pitchers against Texas so far this year, and I don't really plan on it yet. Dunning is a solid pitcher who has shown ability to have upside this year. Maybe I keep him in my MME pool just because he's not very expensive, but I I don't really love it. Yeah, and like canning strikeout stuff lately has been a lot better. Um, he's someone that has – he pitches with a lot of control and command. So I could totally see like if you took shots on canning. Um, but – I mean, I think it's a boom-bust spot. You look at the lineup, and it's a really good lineup, but there are there are strikeouts in the middle half of this lineup with Garver and Garcia. Jong back in the lineup bumps the um, strikeout upside as well. So I could see Canning having a little bit of upside here um, at 8,300. Texas Bats, what do you like here for Texas? It's Corey Seager always. Um, Nate Lowe has been pushed down the order, and so that makes me like him a little bit less. But really just this whole lineup up and down, I outside like Seager's always my number one. And then anybody out, I just fill out a stack, whatever works. If I can get Semien, great. If I can get Mitch Garver, perfect. Um, but it's just Seager priority one, and then anybody else I can fill out into a stack. Uh, Angels, Bats. <sighs> They're so bad. Um, some cheap lefties that potentially crack the lineup here. I, I don't think are like Jared Walsh type of plays. Um, if Moustakis cracks the lineup, like some cheap lefties, I don't mind them as um, one-offs or maybe a two-man or three-man stack. But overall, I don't have a ton of interest. It's just when you do want to attack Dane Dunning, it's usually with left-handed hitters. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Most of these bats that I would want to play on the Angels are right-handed guys. So if Moustakis drops in that lineup, I think he's in play, but I'm probably going to be more likely to play Dunning than I am the Angels. All right, moving on. We got Houston at Seattle. Valdez against Miller in this one. 
This game currently sitting at a seven and a half total. The Astros, a one twenty favorites. Uh, we talked about how this is like the series to watch this week as far as like playoff stuff. Uh, talk to me. What are your thoughts here on Framber Valdez? Anki falls third for me behind uh, Pablo Lopez and Jose Barrios. Or, sorry, behind Lopez and Garrett Cole. But having said that, like this team is fighting for their playoff lives here. Um, Valdez is their ace. Seattle does strike out a lot. I think this is a very high, it's it's a higher upside spot than Valdez typically would have. I don't think the floor is very high. I think there's a lot of risk here, but I do think he makes for a very interesting tournament play at nearly a two pay discount behind um, Garrett Cole. So when I sorry, I said I'd rank him third in of the expensive. I think he will project third. I think Lopez Lopez will project for more points, but for tournaments, I actually do like Valdez better. I don't mind him as like a boom bust play. Um, he's not my favorite play by any means, but like you said, Seattle, they, they strike out, which gives him a little bit more upside um, in this matchup overall. Um, and, and like Valdez isn't like a huge K rate guy, but if they do leave in some of these lefties, they typically do that against left-handed pitching. Like his strikeout rate climbs um, tremendously against left-handed guys. So, uh, if he gets like three to four lefties in this lineup, I, I think that is a potential bump for Valdez as well. Uh, other side of this game, Bryce Miller. I think Bryce Miller is a very talented young pitcher. I don't want to touch um, Miller in this spot against Houston. Nope, not against Houston. Houston is too good of a team. Um, I, I like some of these bats, but I'm not playing Miller. Yeah, let's talk about these bats. Miller, I mean, he's really been struggling with lefties down the stretch here. Y'all, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley might be one of my favorite three-man stacks on the slate. Um, just a, a fantastic spot. The only problem with, like, looking at that stack, um, that three-man, is, like, you're playing three outfielders um, from one team. And, like, Brantley is banged up, but... I mean, they they did say like he's been available off the bench. They're just giving. Sounds like they're just giving him a couple days. Yeah, Alvarez and Tucker are going to be my big priorities, regardless. I think they're two of the very best spend ups on the slate because they have as high of upside as anybody else outside of maybe the Coors bats, but they're so much cheaper. Like you can get Jordan Alvarez for thirteen hundred dollars less than Acuna, twelve hundred dollars less than Betts. Um, $700 less than Aaron judge in the outfield, 600 less than uh, Julio Rodriguez in the outfield, similar caliber player, much cheaper price tags. Uh, Alvarez and Tucker are going to be two of my favorite tournament plays on the slate. Yeah. I think like, I think they have some big upside in the spot. So um, could see, could see like multiple home runs in the spot. Um, Seattle bats like, gosh, Valdez is such a, Tough pitcher to face because he does generate like so many ground balls. Um, anything standing out to you here for the Mariners lineup? In theory, I think uh, Julio Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez, maybe throw in one more righty mini stack would have a fair amount of upside at incredibly low ownership, but it does seem like something I would only try in 150 lineups. Yeah, I mean, Cal Riley and Teoscar Hernandez do hit the ball up in the air a lot. Um, Julio Rodriguez, I like much more against fly ball pitchers. So, yeah, I think that 
I think this is a spot where you just chase some power on both sides of this game um, and just hope that you nail where the home runs come from. There's going to be, I feel like there's going to be multiple home runs in this game. You're just trying to nail down where they're going to come from on both sides. San Diego at San Francisco is where we finish off here. Eight and a half total. The Giants, a slight 120 favorites. We got Waldron against Sean Manaya. Uh, any interest here in Matt Waldron? Nope. Yeah, I mean, I have some slight interest in him. Like, he is a talented prospect that, like, has some upside. And he gets a, a matchup against a team that just – the Giants lineup is just not great. So, I don't mind taking a shot on a prospect. Um, I, I, Do we call him a prospect? He's been around forever in the minor league system. but. Um, I mean, always been waiting for him to kind of pan out. Most people have anyway. So I could see taking some shots on him here. I could see him having like a five to seven strikeout game against the San Francisco lineup and putting up, you know, 18 to 22 fantasy points, which as an SP2 might actually be enough on the slate. So I don't mind Waldron at 7K um, in this matchup. Yeah, I just had a full-on brain fart. I was thinking Waldron was facing the team he plays uh, plays on, and I thought he was facing the Padres in my brain. And I don't want to play him against his own team, but against the San Francisco Giants in San Fran, park upgrade for him. I actually don't hate it. I was just kind of looking at that one backwards. Um, not one of my top plays. I think I there's a few guys in that range I like better. I think I like Dunning maybe a bit better. I go like Sheehan, maybe a little bit better depending on ownership. But if he's going to be low owned, I think he's a very strong tournament play. Sean Maniah on the other side of this game is 6K, um, over 80 pitches in three straight games. Um, any interest here in Sean Maniah? That's the no. That's the hard no for me. <laughs> he's like, this is the guy I thought I was talking about. Yeah, that's um, the one I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of like the, a bad lineup, I don't see a ton of interest in playing Mania. Like they just Bogarts, Kim, Tatis, Cooper, um, Batten, like all these guys have shown that they can hit left-handed pitching this season. So Sean Mania tends to struggle with command from time to time too. Like this could be a really bad spot for Mania. Padres yeah. late night hammer. Like, uh, I think, you know, this is a spot we could look at the Padres as a late night hammer. Yeah, I agree. I think they're very interesting in this spot. Fernando Tatis at 5,400 is just so wildly cheap. They got Kim back in the lineup. Bogarts has been hitting better and leading off. Um, Camposano has been hitting the ball very well at the catcher position. Garrett Cooper um, is nice and cheap and has been a strong option at first. So, yeah, I like I like this stack as a late-night hammer quite a bit. Any interest in the Giants here? Not really. Like, I guess in theory they could do well against Waldron. They're nice and cheap. So, maybe as a lesser owned stack in a lineup that I'm playing Cole and a Barrio, something like that, just because they're nice and cheap. Um, but I don't really want to get to them. No. I mean, his biggest issue has been left-handed power. So I definitely could see myself going like Jock Peterson, Yaz Wade here, um, using a little three man. Like you said, like if you're looking for some value, a little Conforto. Yeah. Like if on teams that you're not playing Waldron and like Blake Sable, like you get a cheap catcher here. So I could definitely see, um, I could definitely see this working out 
with all these left-handed hitters in this lineup, you always worry about the pinch hit risk, um, but you hope they do enough damage where you don't have to worry about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind the the Giants. Like, I, I could see Waldron pitching well. I could see Waldron getting blown up in this spot. So I'll probably, on, like, my three builds, have one Waldron team and then, you know, some Giants on one of the three as well. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I'm going to go Emmett Sheehan. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, I'm going to go Dane Dunning against the Angels. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? There are two correct answers. I'll go with one of them, Bobby Miller. Yeah, tough spot for Bobby Miller for sure. Um, I'm going to go Canning against Texas. I don't know if that's who you had in mind or not. Yeah, that was the other. That was the other really strong option for me. Over 4K to hit a home run, not in cores. Who's going yard today? Your Dong Alvarez. I like it. I'm going to go Bellinger um, against Vines. Under 4K to get two hits. Looking through that one right now, I had the other ones ready to roll. This was the one I was less sure about, but I think I want to go to Minnesota. And I'm going to say that Matt Walner doesn't just have two hits. Matt Walner is going to have two home runs. I think you're reading my notes. Um, I, I said the exact same thing um, on my notes. Um, I <laughs> wrote down that exact, like, that was my exact pitch. Um, so... Uh, kudos to you good job um way to see my notes somehow but i'll go i'll go yaz for the giants i think this is an interesting spot for the giants i know yaz has been kind of cold but um could be could be a spot he gets two hits uh stack to score six or more runs who's getting the job done today houston yeah i definitely don't mind that i'm gonna go to the late night hammer that we talked about the padres um, against Manaya, I think this is a great spot for them. Um, this this lineup's just really good against left-handed pitching. And then um, if you want a little bit off the board, I think Minnesota is going to put up some runs today as well. TJ, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, that's about it. Hope everybody is having a great week. The uh, writers' strike ends at midnight tonight and so content television content is going to start being written again hopefully they get the actors deal done next um been very very busy i already got my week four nfl quarter fantasy football quarterback rankings published and out so you can check that out and i'll be uh dropping prize picks articles for thursday sunday and uh monday night football as well the last two articles have both gone 100% on the picks, so we've been making some money. Make sure you check those articles out. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me. How high do you have Tua ranked? This week I have him five. Too low. Probably. Um, I wrote that in there that I think he could be <laughs> as high as three. This that week. game, that game, I was looking at, um like, I was looking at like plat, like pass blocking compared to like pressure and stuff for that game. Just trying to find a reason not to love that game, and like neither team, like Buffalo and Miami, neither team like generates pressure on quarterbacks. Like the Josh Allen and Tua are just gonna go back and forth in that game, and like oh, it's gonna be, 
it's going to be a glorious DFS game. I'm not sure how many lineups I'm going to run, but if I, I've been doing three line, like three main lineups a week so far. Um, until last week, I just did one because I was so busy, but this week I have more time. So I think I'm going to try and go three. And my ween is a Josh Allen stack with a lot of runbacks, full game stack, a Tua stack with a lot of runbacks, full game stack. And then the other team, I think I might give one more last chance on Justin Fields because he's so cheap going up against Denver. And if he can't do it here, he's not going to do it anywhere. So I might, I might take one more shot there, but yeah, that other game is my main target. Yeah. I mean, um, I think there's a a few cheap quarterbacks that I like this week um, at first glance. Like I started my research today. um, I Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy. And um, I, if it depends on like, whether or not it's going to be Dalton or young, but I think both of those guys are interesting in that Minnesota game. So um, yeah, NFL podcast out Thursday. We'll be doing it live again um, tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 7 PM Eastern. If you want to hang out with us on YouTube, we're doing another early recording of the morning grind football podcast this week. Hope everyone has a fantastic Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking football and baseball. Have a good one. We'll see you then.